many Christians. I'm really excited for you to listen to this podcast that we're recording right now. It's going to be awesome. So, I'm very excited. Um, I got two special guests with me here. Holly Hefner and Gracie Jones. Say hello. 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 Um, hello. We're on episode three of our sh- No. Yeah. yeah, episode three of our Struggling with Sin series, and <clears throat> I'm excited for this one, but I just want to put a little disclaimer before we get into this. I want you, before you continue listening, to just really heed caution with this, not that we're going to get really graphic and visual and really go like into the details of everything, but this is definitely going to be one of our heaviest podcasts, and I feel like the Lord's been teaching me a lot on being careful what I'm listening to, being careful what I'm watching. Um, even if it is from like a biblical perspective or things like that, um, anything can really be a trigger, especially in this season with me, which I will talk about in the podcast. Um, but I just want you to heed caution and make sure that your soul is in a good place to be able to handle a lot of what we're going to say and what we're going to talk about. So I just wanted a disclaimer. Don't be afraid if you're going to continue listening. It's not going to be really bad. I just want to put that out there because I feel like these kind of topics have a different effect in our brains than um, anxiety or people pleasing or things like that. I just feel like these are a little bit heavier. So, <clears throat> I'm drinking my AK coffee. That's what's up. Okay, so let's get started. So today we're going to be talking about depression, suicide, self-harm, and maybe touching a little bit about eating disorders here and there. But it's basically the three of us have all struggled with a variation of those things. Maybe some have struggled with one or more. Maybe someone has only struggled with one. We've all like dealt with it very differently, and so I wanted to really bring in um, the three different perspectives again because I feel like that it is really important for you guys to hear multiple perspectives um, on everything. Describe your experience with depression, self-harm, suicide, all the fun things. Describe your experience. Gracie, you start. Uh, similarly to the anxiety one, I started feeling symptoms of depression in late elementary school, early middle school. I did do self-harm and I was depressed for from sixth grade to freshman year of high school, I think. But like super terribly depressed in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And then in like eighth grade and freshman year, it was more of like lingering effects. I've always struggled with um, anxiety but I don't think my depression really started like being a thing until uh until college or until after my family left um and I also think it was kind of like on and off I don't think it was like Mm -hmm. a consistent season of it it was more just like random here and there um there was one big like chunk Mm -hmm. like one big semester of college that I dealt with it for like a few months um, which was really not great, but we'll talk about it later. <clears throat> um, and, yeah, I don't know. I guess that was it. It's just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. It's not. But I haven't really dealt with it since then. I mean, there's been some, like, triggers that I feel was almost going to take me that way, but I deal right. with it different now, so. I also, um, <clears throat> I also dealt with self-harm here and there. It wasn't a very consistent trend in my life but it did happen a few times and it was usually only when I like wasn't feeling things when I like as Mm -hmm. soon as I couldn't like I stopped feeling 
anything is when like I dealt or I uh, turned to like cutting because that was one thing that I could feel Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like it happened every day of my life it was like every once in a while that's what would happen Mm. for me Mm -hmm. so Emma yeah for me I it started for me in the seventh grade I think when we when we moved basically at the middle of my seventh grade year which is like the worst time for someone to move I feel like is when you're middle school like halfway through middle school because it's like you know being middle school like seventh grade is kind of like when you finally find your place I feel like in yeah. middle school and so I moved well. literally halfway through my seventh grade year Tennessee from Ohio and I immediately got depressed like total like there was it was like a week and then I was like oh here we are um, and so I dealt with depression on and off for, I want to say, seventh grade through my junior year of high school, I think is, like, it was a, I don't want to say it was, like, a continuous, like, it was all of those years, but it was very, like, at the same time. And so I was diagnosed um, either in eighth or ninth grade with seasonal affective disorder, and basically that is, um, I am more prone to get depressed in the fall and winter months due to the fact that there isn't a lot of sunlight, and so I'm not getting that vitamin D, and so vitamin D is really helpful with your happy feelings, and when you don't have a lot of happy feelings in you, then you're really sad, um, and so I, um, was really depressed, like, all the winter and the summer months, mm-hmm. and I've kind of been fighting that battle, I feel like, a lot better the past two or three years. Last year, it hit me really hard, but, we're chill. Um, and, um, I, like, with the whole self-harm thing, I definitely clung to that, I think, early on in high school, um, because I really didn't know what that was until I got to freshman year, I was like, oh, hmm, even though I shouldn't have been in the attitude with it, you know, um, and so I kind of did that, kind of what Holly did to feel something, and I feel like it was something I can control, Um, like, I was really numb, and, like, the, like, the external that was happening around me, especially, like, in my family at the time, I could not control that. I couldn't really control, um, the other people in school. Like, I just couldn't control those kind of things, and so I, um, did that because it was something that I could do to control. Same with eating. Um, I struggled, Mm -hmm. uh, on and off with, like, eating disorders and things like that. Nothing, like, really serious, but I definitely would go a few days without really eating a lot because I wanted to be skinnier, um, and that was another control mechanism, um, because I wanted to try to control, um, and then I really struggled with suicidal thoughts, end of middle school, early high school, um, and I've been in my fair share of seeing people and in the hospital and all the not fun stuff, so really, really heavy. Um, so my next question is, um, do you get depressed or struggle with the above now, um, do you have signs of possible relapse? Like, how do you fight that? Kind of like the whole, like, you have gone through this battle, like, those kind of wounds and battle scars and those memories don't really go away. So how do you kind of deal with them now is my big question. Do you want to answer first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say I don't struggle with depression now good um I think that I do sometimes have signs of like going down that direction but I don't think I've ever actually like oh my gosh I'm depressed a month ago I think I was for like a week but then I like snapped out of it and it was fine um but there's definitely there's definitely signs um 
that I look for, like trigger things that I will personally feel that I remember from when I was actually dealing with depression that I'm like, oh, I remember that feeling. I've got to do something mm-hmm. to get rid of that because it's going to take me down this path that I don't want to go down. Mm-hmm. And so that is like it's healthy um, to recognize those things in yourself because then you're not going to go back into, hopefully, not going to go back into depression, which I think is um, it's kind of where I'm at now, um, especially with my anxiety because my anxiety is pretty bad. And so usually, I think you said this in the, in the anxiety podcast, but usually with anxiety you get a little bit of depression thrown right. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's pretty relevant to my life. And so because recently my anxiety has been so bad, um, I have to really think about those triggers so I don't go down the depression route. Absolutely. And so <clears throat> I don't think, I, I haven't been depressed. I have not been, I wouldn't consider myself dealing with depression for the past couple years, which mm-hmm. has been really good. Um, but I definitely do still feel like triggers from when I have dealt mm-hmm. with it. I, I don't think I'm depressed now. I don't think that I've been depressed. Like, like a long-term depression state of mind in a, in a long time. I think, I, like what Holly said, there are times of just, like, maybe a week or less that, <laughs> um, well, I'll just be, like, really sad, and I'll just, it, like, won't be good, and then again, like, anxiety and depression kind of, uh, are married to each other. Hmm. I think for me, definitely this season, like, during the fall and during the winter. Yes, exactly. It, like, because not only has that, like, do I, like, actually, like, it's a medical thing with my body. Um, that's, like, just the memories of when I, like, have been depressed and when I really struggled and when I've really been in those negative seasons have been usually during the winter and fall. And so I get a little, I guess, a little triggered, like, yeah. with the sun going down at 5 p.m. and, like, waking up early and it's still being dark. And I feel like that those are easily triggers for me to easily fall into that trap and I feel like that it's a um like I've ha- I have to fight it you know and we'll get into like what we like the the both spiritual and I feel like the logical aspects of like how we combat this and how we fight this and yeah. do that so but I feel like during that time um definitely if I'm listening to like really depressing music um, for mm-hmm. example, this is going to just be so weird, but for me, I listen to a ton of 21 Pilots. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of it. And not to say that that is, that is it for every single person, but for me specifically, I listened to their music when I was depressed. So I have to be really careful when I listen to the music. Now wow. I can't like listen to too much because I can easily like, it's, a, it's just a trigger for me. And so that like, I have to be careful with the music I'm listening to, the TV shows I'm watching and the movies that I'm watching and like. Like, the whole 13 reasons why, like, I could not watch that. Like, I I started, then I had to stop because of how graphic and how bad it gets. Like, I had to stop. Like, those are, like, also, like, major triggers that I really have to be careful with because yeah. I don't want to get depressed. And then the last thing, this is going to be a little TMI. So, for all my gentlemen listening, I'm so sorry. Uh-oh. But when I am around my period or I'm about to, like, start my cycle, I get so emotional and moody. And so, those hormones can really push me into thinking that I'm depressed. Right. And like, it's, and totally. It's so, like, it's so true because, like, the actual, like, health and science, like, science behind mm-hmm. that. Yep. Like, what happens is, like, like, we read a book about it that, mm-hmm. like, one summer. And yeah. It, like, really does affect you. And you it can't, really like, does. get away from that because it's just, like, how the, 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 bo- the, body, the body works. Yeah. 
So, so it's like dangerous. So to my like, to especially my girls, you know, I feel like I I have a theory that men have their own PMS yeah. too each month. <laughs> it it happens, okay? But um, like that's the thing. So to my all my girls, like you need to really guard yourself. So when you're like around the time of your period, or you're on your cycle, or you're after or before, like you really need to be careful because you like you are emo- extra emotional during those times, and that can also lead you into thinking that you're depressed. Yes. And so I really struggled with that. And Very so those are, like, all of the signs, I guess, for me um, with all the things. So this is kind of going a little bit deeper. What does it feel like when you're depressed? And I don't mind going first with this one. So, yeah. So when, I, when I'm depressed or when I've been depressed in the past, hopefully I'm never depressed again, but I really doubt that's going to I just feel like this. I just, yeah. Um, I... I feel very numb. I feel very sluggish. Um, I don't have have. Um, I feel because I'm a very I'm extroverted. I'm usually uh, like the type of person that's like on top of things. Even though right now my room's a mess and I feel very embarrassed by that. But it's like it's the pile. It's not really the pile the, of disgusting. There's like, there's like there's one like, pile. <laughs> there's like three. Okay, well. <laughs> um, I just feel. <laughs> I just feel not on top of things. I don't have the motivation to do anything. Um, I am just feel very numb. Um, I feel like I could just lay in bed literally all day. And that's just very unlike my personality. Because I'm usually like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's get all these things done. Like, I'm usually just very out and outgoing and wanting to always do. And so when I'm depressed, I'm kind of like, no, I don't care. Nobody cares. And I just get in this mindset of... Um, like, nobody cares about me, like, I don't care about me, and it's just a very, like, really gross mindset, I guess I have Mm -hmm. on every single thing, and I'm always in the mindset that everyone's against me, and so that will cause me to, like, lash out at people, or distance myself from people, because I believe the lie that the the devil is telling me that everyone, everyone's against me, and so I really just sit, like, to sit in the pit when I'm depressed, and so that will inevitably lead to, um, me self-harming because I've allowed myself to become numb to all my emotions, um, and then also easily can lead to suicidal thoughts, all the fun things, because me as a person, I love to throw in the Enneagram because, you know, I love the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. As a two, um, emotions are very important, and when twos are healthy, they resemble four characteristics, and fours are very emotional people, they're very outspoken about their emotions, and so for, when a two is healthy, they need to be feeling and expressing their emotions, and so when I find myself in seasons where I'm not really doing that, I can tell that there's something wrong with my brain because that is what I need to do in order for me to be healthy. Um, and so when I feel numb, I can tell that there is something wrong because mm-hmm. I'm one that needs to be able to express my emotions. And so that's what it feels like when I'm personally depressed. Who would like to go next? Okay, I guess it's me. Um, <laughs> when I feel depressed, it's a, it's very similar. I guess to Italian, the Enneagram as well. I've been test or typed as a nine, so uh, I like sleeping a lot. I like sleeping on my emotions. So when I am in a depressed state of mind, I just get really tired, and my lack or like my like the feeling of needing things and wanting things in my life just perish completely, and I just don't take care of myself. Like I just will sit sit. I will lay on. I'll turn all my lights off and lay on my floor in the dark, not wanting to eat or or even sleep or want to do anything. It's just utterly just melancholy constantly there. Um, I shut down mentally and 
uh, I just, like, I don't, I don't talk to people. I, I'm an introvert, and I think, I think that people are great, and I love talking to people, but sometimes I just need to go and have a little bit of time to myself and just recharge, but when I'm depressed and I'm, and I'm constantly by myself, I, I, that's not, that's not healthy. You need people. It says in the Bible a million different ways that you need people. Instead of it being, like, everyone is against me, um, like how Emma said, it's more of like everyone has just forgotten about me. That would be my mindset. I'm I'm a very soft spoken and quiet person, so when I'm depressed, I that comes out more and I just uh tend to be like, Oh, um, no one really cares about me right now and or I like, Oh, I'm just forgotten and um I'll just hide forever and never talk to anyone ever again in my life. So that's how that's how it be like. Um but yeah, a big uh one of the big things is just refusing to even think about myself like at all. <clears throat> My depression's rather scary. I get like I don't get out of bed. When I went when I was going through this like semester of depression, there was a lot of things that had happened leading up to it and I was living at my aunt's house at the time and I remember, like, there would be days that I wouldn't even go to class and I would stay in bed all day because I just couldn't do it. And I, and if you know me at all, like, the fact that I didn't get out of yeah, bed before amazing. even 8 o'clock right. is, like... You right. can barely get her in bed is the thing now. <laughs> yeah. You can't even get her. Like, when she's, like, dying and she was, she's like, let's go for a hike. And we're like, no! Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you need to sleep! degree fever. And she's like, hey, guys, let's just go. She's up at, like, 6 a.m. and goes to bed at, like... Well, now it's, like, later, but yeah. it used to be, like, 8 to 6, and you're like, are you an old person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's, like, really not characteristic of me, yeah. is staying in bed past 8 o'clock. Like, 8 o'clock is sleeping in. Yeah. And so, if I don't get out of bed until, like, 3 p.m., <laughs> bad things are happening. Bad, bad. Bad things are happening. Yes. Um. So, but then on top of that, I'm, like, tired all the time. Which I think is because you stay in bed all day. So, there's that. Um, but a lot of... I feel like a lot of my uh, things of depression is very much like Emma's. Um, and the sense of, like, I also feel like everyone is against me. But that's... Bringing the Enneagram into it is also very much an eight thing yeah, in general. So. Um, and so, like, I already don't trust people. Because I already feel like everyone is against me. When I'm depressed, it's like 10,000 times worse. So, then I just don't talk to anyone. Um, which is not good because then I am more depressed because because yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no relationships, exactly. so it just goes downhill. It's a whole Yeah, no, for real. It just all goes downhill from there. Um, there were times where I would like I do a lot of hiding already when I'm anxious, but when I'm depressed, oh my gosh, I did. When I'm depressed, I like super hide. Like, it's like I will cavemen. go in the closet and cavemen. close the door. It's like, it's it's like, like the cave it's from like by Mumford and hibernation. Yeah, yeah. Permanent hibernation. I would like hide in the closet in the dark and just yeah, sit there for I hours. That. I would hide in my closet as well. It's awful. But I also, when I'm depressed, have really like poor decision making skills yeah. is very relevant in my life. Also, it's kind of relevant in my life normally, but um, just for another time. <laughs> hey, my discernment is getting better, y'all. Anyways, so, yeah, my discernment when I'm depressed is just out the window. Um, and that's it. Right. That's all I got. Here is 
one of the, I guess, the tri- tricky questions that I have asked, because I basically put together a list of questions that I wanted to talk about, but I probably will ask a few more um, expanding on this list. Um, but, you know, there is a good I- idea, and there's, there needs to be a good balance with emotion. And there are some people in the room, me, who sometimes feel too much emotion. And there are some people in the room, Holly and Gracie, that don't feel enough emotion. Uh. And called out. So my question is, especially with depression, because depression can either be sometimes like an influx of a lot of emotions and trying to deal with that or also not feeling anything at all. So how do you deal with the idea, just even like in your daily life, of feeling emotion but not feeling, not allowing your emotion to control you too much, but also not feeling it at all. How do you find that healthy equilibrium of that? I feel like I've just recently kind of started to learn how to do this. Okay. You know what? Same. <laughs> Growth! <laughs> I feel like my whole life has been nothing but no emotions. Emotions are bad. You can't feel. Feel no. Bad. That's like, yeah. just, my whole life. Yeah. Feel bad. No. <laughs> feeling bad no feel feel bad I feel like up until recently that's kind of been my mindset is like you're not you can't have emotions and and then when you do you shouldn't be feeling them which is also very much an eight thing more recently I have felt more emotions and the past week I have felt more emotions but that's because it's shark week for me now so um yeah anyways I think to find a healthy balance is something that you have to pray for. Mm, absolutely. Um, because I can't find a healthy balance on my own. And when I try to do it on my own, I don't feel anything, which then turns into not great um, habits in my life. So I think I've learned that um, when I start to feel something, no matter what it is, um, whether it's anxiety or, or depression or just any type of emotion that's starting to like mm-hmm. overcome, overtake my uh, human is when I really need to be on my knees and be like, God, I need you to balance this out for me because I can't do it myself. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's really what I've been learning. And sometimes I really fail at it, and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not really good at asking. And so then I uh, am a disaster. But it's okay. There is forgiveness for that. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness. Jesus is good to me. Can you mm-hmm. forgiveness. Emma's going next. Okay, so for me, I'm on the flippity-flop of that where I used to really, like, have a hard time not feeling too much emotion, Um, and I would let my emotions control me. Um, You know, typical heart triad, two on the Enneagram-esque. A lot of time when (laughs) I was getting depressed, I kind of allowed myself to sit in the sadness um, I'd be like, oh, I want to feel, I want to experience this, these feelings, I want to sit here. Um, it, it very much, it sounded like a four, honestly. And I kind of did that in an unhealthy way, and that would kind of lead me to depression because I would sit in my emotions too long, or I would believe the lie and the emotion I was feeling that people were against me, even though that wasn't true. Um, and I would totally just go through my day allowing my emotions, which are constantly changing, um, to... Um, basically define who I was, and if my emotions are a roller coaster, then I was definitely a huge roller coaster. Um, and so for me, I have to really find the good balance that my emotions don't define who I am. And I don't want my perspective on things to sound like I am 
denouncing emotions and then how to say that emotions are bad. You know, God is an emotional God. It's, it's, it's very evident in the Bible and evident in the scriptures that he is a very emotional, he is also all over the place. He's a reckless, reckless love kind of God, which I think is beautiful um, because he knows the good balance, the good equilibrium between the truth and, and the emotion that comes along with that. And so I personally had to go to the Lord with all of my emotions and bring it to the Lord and be like, okay, Lord, like what emotion is true? Um, what emotion um, am I feeling? What, what emotion should I like act on? Um, what should I do with this feeling? Um, what is this feeling from Wicked? And I... <laughs> what is <the> feeling? <laughs> so I really had to bring it to the Lord and learn that my emotions should not dictate my actions. Um, Ooh, say that and, louder for and the you, people in the back. And, you know, there's, like, there's an opposite of that of, like, logic should not just dictate your actions either, either because both extremes are very, very <clears throat> bad. And so that's why it's so beautiful that we have a God that is so firm and equal and has the emotion but also has the truth. And so um, I really have to bring my emotions to the Lord and not allow my emotions to dictate, my, especially my faith. Um, my relationships, I should, I can't let that dictate my life and my decisions. Um, because one day I might be feeling super happy and excited and the next day I might be feeling really down. And so I can't really make these really big decisions or allow myself to get in these seasons when I'm constantly changing. Um, and so that is my take on feeling too much emotion. Gracie, anything to add? Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a good middleman. Basically, like emotion when I was depressed it, I was at a really young age so and like that was at an age where I was still learning and growing and going through puberty and just like trying like try, finding yourself like Emma said seventh grade is kind of where you go and find your people and you find yourself and you start like learning about your interests and all of that stuff so and, and at that time even before that time I was in sixth grade like I just got out of elementary school and I had struggled with really bad anxiety, and I kind of just, like, started feeling, like, understanding what depression was, like, slowly but surely. And so, it still affects me to this, like, this day, even if I'm in a very, very good place in my life. Like, like right now, I feel like I'm in a rather good place because I've, I have, I've been to the doctor, and I've, I've gotten a lot, lots of good things that have helped me physically and it also helped me mentally and I just am in a really good place with my relationship with people and my family and with the Lord um but it's but emotions like still affect me so when I went numb it was really hard for me to under just like understand what emotion really was and it again it still hits me now so feeling too little emotion um it's it's scary because what I wrote down, the logical side of, of me goes, I don't know where to put this, and it puts this emotion in a random pile in my brain, and then walks away, and it's just there. So I have this feeling that I don't understand how to comprehend or do anything with it, and it ultimately ends up unused. So I don't tend to, like, balance it with anything. But learning from that, um, as I've, like, as I healed and I talked to people about my depression and started learning about it, um, I've underst I've understood that thinking about your emotions are okay. Like Holly kept being like, like we made the we made the joke like feels and feeling is bad. Uh, I I thought a similar thing and I had to learn that 
God made emotions. Like, he did that, and he's perfect, and he doesn't do anything without a reason or something like that. So I have to learn that thinking about even a really terrible feeling is okay. So, like, the first step into balancing, or quote-unquote balancing an emotion is just thinking about it. Mm. Um, and then uh, feeling too much emotion is similar just, like, you have to, like, think about it. Like, you have to organize your thoughts, I feel like, to understand emotion. Like, Emma was talking about how thoughts and feeling, like, logic and emotion are, like, married to each other. Like, they coincide with each other. So having to, uh, to balance that out really is important. And I know that's exactly what God wants. So, the end. The end. Okay, so we've talked about our experiences personally we've kind of gone into like what it feels like and so I hope that you guys listening are able to relate to like one of our perspectives and that you're able to find comfort that you're not alone if you've experienced that or you are experiencing that right now and you're still battling that so my question is what does the Lord say about all this because you know his voice is the one that matters I think the most so what does the Lord say about depression suicide self-harm even a little bit of eating disorder stuff thrown in there. Like, what does God say directly? Gracie, do you want to start this off? Sure. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. It says, like, before it's talking about how, like, people are persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. Mm-hmm. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And I just thought that was really interesting because even if you feel absolutely horrible, like God died for us. Like he, Jesus, God brought his son to earth for us and Jesus was perfect and he never did anything wrong and he just spread life and truth and, and yet he died for us, like for us humans who suck. Um... Psalm 23, 4 is, hmm. uh, you know, it's it's basic, but even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's just OG, you know, <laughs> oh, standard gee. verse. God just loves you, even in the dark. And then Psalm 34, 17, I love, is when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. So when you're feeling, like, horribly terrible, like, God is there waiting for you. Mm. Um, and he wants you to look up at him. And a quote I have by my favorite author, which is also Holly's favorite author, and Emma's, like, favorite author, and everyone's favorite author, C.S. Lewis. Yes. <laughs> C.S. Lewis. Uh, Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And I just, I'm just like, I love that. <laughs> mm. He, 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 like God, he's so gentle and he's kind and he's amazing. But when we're like, we've talked, I've talked about this before. I don't know on the, if on the podcast, but a lot of times you need to pray for someone to just become extremely broken and fall down to their knees and get to the worst place. Um, because that is, like, when you sink to the very bottom of life, the only thing that you can do is to look up. And so, I feel like this quote is just meaning, like, 
when we are just feeling depressed and utterly in despair, like we should get on our knees and look up to Jesus for hope because he's the only hope that we have in life and to heal. Oh, what was that? That's the bell because you hit that real good. Oh, yay, we have a bell now. What What did I hit? (laughs) You you just did really good. Like, that quote was also really good. I didn't do anything. Oh, that's so loud. I have a, I think I have a different approach um, to, what? I said we want all those approaches. Um, I have, like, a different approach to what, like, the Bible says um, about depression. Because I don't think... Any of us can really be like, oh, the this verse says this about depression because it doesn't really like. There's not like one chapter yeah. that's yeah. like this yeah, is yeah. depression. Um, I tend to look more at the people that have dealt with depression in the Bible that you can read. So like David, David's all over the place. Um, pretty sure David's a four in the Enneagram. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Psalms, you can really hear a lot of David being like, oh, how long. Lord, is my soul going to be in agony? Like, all of this, like, this, like, poetic way of saying, like, I'm dealing with depression. Yeah, <laughs> and, so, yeah, yeah. and so you can really, like, hear um, this David talk about it in the Psalms and how the Lord responds to him and all this stuff. But one of my favorite, um, my favorite passages is in Numbers chapter 11, um, verses 14 to 15. Yeah, we love the Old Testament around here. Um, is Moses, um, has this, like, this, like, crisis, basically, because all the people are being stupid, all the Israelites are, like, not listening, and they're doing, like, the golden calf nonsense, and, like, oh my gosh, God can't save me, I need food, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, blah, 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 and Moses is like, you guys are such a burden, I can't do this anymore, and he says in chapter 11, um, verse 14 through 15, he says, I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I had found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. And I like, I love that picture. Like, do not let me face my own ruin Mm -hmm. because I feel like that is what I have come to learn over the past six months is like all of these like poor decisions that I've made and depression, anxiety, and all these things really leave me to my own destruction and my own ruin. And like Moses is going through the same thing when he's trying to deal with these people that he's supposed to lead. And he's like, God, I can't do this. Like they're making me crazy. And he's like going into this depression because they're just driving him nuts. And, and, and it works out in the end, even though they don't go to the promised land until later, but Jesus like take care, takes care of him. And and he reassures like Moses, you can do it. Like you are the chosen Mm -hmm. one. Like you are who I have here for a reason. And I feel like, um, I just love that picture in Numbers. I also love in First John. Um, fourth John. Fourth John. Fourth John. <laughs> First John, chapter 1, um, talks about, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light mm-hmm. as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I feel like this one is also super relevant for me because usually when I'm in depression or, or uh, dealing with anxiety, like there's just a lot yeah. of darkness, a lot of dark yeah. things surrounding me. And mm-hmm. like I need to remember that like where God is, there is no darkness because mm-hmm. he is the light. And and um, so I always go to those two things, like people dealing with 
depression paul is a good one like he went through a lot of crap and he's like okay but i did all this for the gospel and he's like i learned to be content in everything and all of philippians is basically about that and so those are the things that i tend to go towards um but also i have a c.s lewis quote um he is my favorite author but this is from his book called the problem of pain which i um i just you guys need to read it He says, we are not metaphorically, but in much truth, a divine work of art, something that God is making and therefore something with which he will not be satisfied until it has a certain character. Mm -hmm. And I love that because it's so true. Like the Lord is constantly working in us and like he's not going to stop until we're made perfect Mm. and that's not going to be till we're with him. And so he's constantly going to be molding us and changing Mm -hmm. our character and doing all of these things. And sometimes that means we are going to be in a depressed state of depressing season of life sometimes that means we're going to be dealing with anxiety but that's because the lord is working in you and he's not done with you yet absolutely and so i just i love that um quote from from him i think that that is just it sums it up for Mm -hmm. me (laughs) (laughs) that was a bit anticlimactic (laughs) sorry okay okay so so what's up yeah yeah emma what's up so i have like both of y'all's takes together but I also feel like I kind of have a harsh take, too, so bear with me here. God. So, um, <laughs> so, based on my personal experience, when I have been feeling depressed or wallowing or whatever, yes. it has been because I choose, to, I choose that. Like, I choose mm, to I dwell in the darkness. I choose to dwell on my own guilt and shame. I choose to dwell on my insecurity, and I choose to not listen to the truth. And so not to say that, like, every time you're depressed, it's your choice, but essentially a lot of the time it is. It is your choosing to sit and dwell in the sadness. And I feel like there's a difference between sitting and dwelling in the sadness and just sitting in it and feeling your sadness and actively giving it up to the Lord. I feel like they're very different things. And so um, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, kind of like what Holly's talking about with, like, trying to find people who have been depressed is... Elijah in 1 Kings 19 and basically if you don't know this story it's kind of hilarious so you should go read it but basically this is right after Elijah is like combating with the prophet Baal and he totally just victoriously like roasted them like I think that's chapter 18 and so the queen at the time, you might have heard about her. Her name is Jezebel. People, you know, those Pentecostals out here being like, you carried a Jezebel spirit, like that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And it talks about that in Revelation 2, I think, as well. And so Jezebel was this, like, this really evil, awful queen. And she basically was like, you know what? Like, I am going to find Elijah, and I'm going to kill him by sundown today. And Elijah was scary pants and ran in the desert, and he scary was... Pants afraid of this this woman this Jezebel and so he literally he literally goes into the desert and is like Lord I want you to kill me like Lord I don't want to live anymore like I am like mourning my own loss like I'm mourning all this and like automatic depression depressive state he goes into him so the lord is like you need a nap you need to eat you need to rest and then <laughs> yeah, he was like yeah he's like <laughs> he's like just leave <laughs> yeah he's like, like take a nap eat some food you'll he's be fine like a baby. yeah legit no like a toddler cuz elijah chose to give in to his fear <sighs> like even though elijah yeah. just saw just saw like maybe it was like hours before Jezebel like told him that he wanted told her tell him that he, she yes. wanted to hunt him down whatever whatever Elijah literally 
had just seen the power of God sending fire down from the sky. And he chose to give into his fear. And so my whole take on it is... (laughs) (laughs) My whole take on this... My whole take on this idea is that like he gave in his fear, and so when we get in those depression, depressive states, like we are choosing to give into our fear, we are choosing to get give into our sadness and our anxiety. We are allowing that to control us. It's like we no longer have the reins on our emotions. The emotions are now having the reins in us. And so I'm all about the choose joy mentality. Holly will know that for sure because I tell it to her for like, all the time. She tells it to me every single day, joy? which is great. Like, I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but because I'm really bad at doing that. So she's always just like, no. And it's hard. But <laughs> here are some verses that I feel like have, that I've had to cl- cling on to, especially like in the seasons when I, it, I've been just, it's easier to uh-huh. give into the depression than to not. James <laughs> chapter one, verse, starting in verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um, I feel like that in itself is like this really hard season is refining you. Like we have to go to the fi- through the fire to be purified. Like there is no, you're just purified. Like you have to go through the hardship. You have to go through the fire. You have to go through the crazy. Um, flipping back to the Old Testament in Psalm Yeet. 30. And I love the Psalms because... I love Psalms. Um, another thing I'll touch here in a minute is just David and how wonderful he is. Cause I just, mm. I love David y'all. Um, so Psalm thirty eleven says, you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. And so I feel like David as probably an Enneagram four, which I really think he was because of just his writing and just the, just the way he was. He was a very emotional human being, but he brought all of his emotions to the Lord. And so I feel like there's a difference between the Elijah standpoint of like, Lord, kill me because I am afraid. And the David <laughs> standpoint where he's like, Lord, I am afraid, but you are still good and you still triumph over my fears. I feel like that we need to have the David mentality of going to the Lord with all of our emotion. Because um, the Lord wants that. And one of, my, one of the beautiful stories, I think it's in John, because most of these really awesome stories are in John, is this woman who came and was just so, in so uh, so much awe of the power of Jesus and his presence that she took, um, she started crying on him. And, you know, I, I can't really get into details because that will be another whole hour on this podcast. But basically, she just let herself go on Jesus. Mm. And Jesus wants that from us. He wants us to let ourselves go on him and let all of our emotions out on him because mm. he can handle it. And he will teach us how to um, find the good balance of what the truth is you know and so i feel like that's really important um going back to the new testament because we're just flippity flopping around everywhere um revelation 21 um because i just i love Love the book of revelation it's so good man we got a lot of john theme going on i know it it, it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain from the old order of things has passed away praise the lord this is hope (laughs) because you know someday we're not going to feel pain someday we're not going to have to battle depression someday we're not going to have to battle the suicidal thoughts and the self-harming like wants that we have because those things will be no more because the Lord will be standing there with with a cloth to wipe away the the final tears that we will shed that are of pain and sadness and he will say welcome to this new life of joy that I'm giving you and I feel like that we need to have that mentality that this is not a forever home and these feelings are not our forever so we shouldn't allow them to dictate what we think and what we believe right now 
So that's a whole thing. And then going back again to the Old Testament, because right. we're just flipping everywhere. We're not in chronological order. But we, we are in chronological order today. Um, back to Psalm 34, um, 17 and 18, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so I just, you know, I, I, I start off with a really harsh tone because we got to choose joy and I, that is also true. And I feel like one of those is choosing the Lord and saying, Lord, I cannot choose joy without your spirit. Mm-hmm. And I'm unable to choose joy without your presence here. And the Lord hears us. One of the funniest things that I feel like I'm still realizing is that the Lord hears our prayers and answers them. Because just like the past few so weeks, funny. if you haven't read my latest Instagram post, go do that. It's all about whales. And I feel like, um, the Lord has just been answering prayer like that and just very quickly and it's crazy. And so the Lord is close to when, to us at all times, especially when we feel like we're so alone. Um, and so I want, I want us to remember that, that he, um, delivers us and he is our refuge and strength. And so now I found a C.S. Lewis quote, quote yes. within four minutes because I wanted to join the club. <laughs> it's kind of going back to my harsh tone, honestly. So this is from the Screw Tape Letters, and this is a very oh gosh, radical book. Right and if you have not read it, I cannot recommend it enough. It was a slap in the face in every sentence. C.S. Yeah, Lewis is beautiful, it's so and it's so it's hard so to read. Good. I just want that you love it. So this is a lot of times, personally, my depression comes from guilt and shame because I have a really hard time accepting the Lord's grace. And so, kind of what Holly said, like. Her depression kind of revolves around the bad decisions she makes. That's very similar to mine, and so I will wallow in that. And so this is kind of what C.S. Lewis, in reference to that, um, he says, Let the little brute wallow in it. Let him. (laughs) If he has any bent that way, write a book about it. That is often an excellent way of sterilizing the seeds which the enemy, God, plants in the human soul. Let him do anything but act. And then the more often he feels without acting, the less he will be able to ever act and in the long run long run the less he'll ever be able to feel and so I feel like that's the whole like we cannot wallow in our pain we can lament but we can't wallow we need to do a podcast on lamenting Lamenting. that's gonna be a whole that's a whole other thing and so I feel like the Lord is very confident in saying you know instead of just sitting in it by yourself why don't you sit in it with me um and so I feel like that that causes us to have to act and so that will kind of get in the next question the final question that I have um is what are the logical steps you take to get out of your depression um and all the fun thoughts that come with it or prevent you from getting into a depression go to Brazil that's how you fix your depression <laughs> yeah. okay guys so that's the only answer you have to go to Brazil that's it my crap <laughs> goodbye no um I was, was <laughs> for real I was super depressed and then wasn't walking with Jesus. Long story short, went to Brazil on a mission trip. Don't know why I did that because I didn't love Jesus when I left, but I love Jesus now, so that's great. Um, Jesus did a lot in my life in Brazil, which got me out of a lot of terrible things. But um, I'm not saying you need to go to Brazil to fix your depression, but if that's what it takes, go for it. Um, I think that the biggest thing for me aside from Jesus and everything we've already talked about is having people in your life that will pour into you mm-hmm. um and care for you and speak truth into your life um and people that you trust I don't trust people which we already discussed discussed on this podcast and probably all the other ones <laughs> um but I have a select few humans in my life that I do trust um, and so 
I will tell them if I'm starting to feel like not great or if my anxiety is getting really bad or if I'm starting to be like I feel these like depression tendencies coming on like I need you to pray for me or whatever it is um I have conversations like this with Emma all the time when I'm just like hey I'm feeling like this just check on me in like 24 hours and see how this is going Mm -hmm. and and she does and a lot of the time like yeah every all the glory goes to God but a lot of the time like he uses Emma or or others but right now mainly it's just Emma of like speaking truth into my life and um so you need people like that that will surround you um because we're not meant to do this alone like God created us to be in fellowship with him and with each other um and when you're not doing that you're not really walking in the path like the Lord really has for us and so if you don't have people in your life that are like that for you I really recommend yeah um finding an accountability partner that will help you um because it's worth it Absolutely. I think also, like, doing healthy things. Yeah. I know that's probably what you were going to say. Yeah. It's like, like, running. like, exercise, so good for your body. And also, exercise sends good signals to your brain. Like, ha- the happy, the happy things. Dopamine. Dopamine, that's what it's called. It sends that. I thought you said Doberman. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's a hey, dog. I mean, get a dog, too. <laughs> Um, but doing like a lot of, a lot of the times like we are depressed because we're not taking care of ourselves like physically. Um, I know that for a fact that it was me a lot, like during college, like I felt like I was more prone to being depressed because I wasn't eating good foods. I wasn't really exercising. I wasn't really spending time outside. Like I was not prioritizing my physical health because physical health and mental health are married together. That's a, that's a, that's a thing. So, definitely finding some sort of exercise that you enjoy. We talked about this in anxiety. Boxing. I oh hate gosh, going to I, the gym. I, I hate love it. Boxing. But I love boxing. Or, like, dancing. Or running. Or going on a walk. Or just spending walks. also spending time also outside um, in the sunshine um, is really important. Even if it's freezing, go out and just sit outside for, like, 20 minutes. with your yourself. Heated blanket or something. I don't know. Um, but spending time outside, eating fruits and veggies, like, eating good foods because you know the good foods are good for your body and they're also good for your brain um and a lot of times like a lot of times like depression comes with insecurity and so you know gotta also be healthy treat your body well so all the good things like that and I think finding activities that you enjoy doing and so when you find yourself being depressed because whatever you know whatever situation's happening find something that you like so read a good book or Mm -hmm. go hang out with friends or go sit in a coffee shop or draw or um, watch your favorite show that won't really do any triggers, like right. Parks and Rec or The Office. Um, hang out with friends. Listen to your favorite music. Like, do things that bring you joy. And the most right. of all, I think, getting on top of your walk in the Lord because nine times out of ten, a lot of the time, we get depressed just because we're not walking with the Lord. Yeah. That has a huge effect on our mental state. And even, like, the past, like, two days, like, I really haven't had good quiet time, and I can already tell that it's, like, affecting, like, my anxiety levels. Within two days. And so, definitely just filling your head with the truth um, and doing things that are good for your body. Surrounding yourself with people that will uplift you and encourage you. Like Holly said, you know, a lot of times, especially in high school, I was in a, I was, I did theater a lot. And so I was around a lot of theater kids and theater kids are not the happiest people. Mm -hmm. Um, Theater is a very dark world. 
a very depressing world. Mm-hmm. And so I was surrounded a lot by depressed people. And not to say that you can't ever be friends with somebody who's depressed. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, be careful who you're going to pour into and be careful who you're listening to. Because a lot of times if you're hanging, you're, you are who you hang around, you know. So just be careful and don't let yourself fall into the pit. When you feel the the signs coming on or if you've ever been depressed before, you feel like there may be some signs coming on. Talk to someone, bring it into the light, expose it and do something about it. Mm-hmm. Don't just sit and wallow in it and give it to the Lord, I think is the most important thing. Um, it's better to bring it to the light and not know what to do with it than to hide it and be confused and fall into a really deep depression or allow those thoughts mm-hmm. to dictate your life. So, any last thoughts? Um, well, I think another thing is if you struggle with self-harm and it's still a temptation, mm. one of the things that I think, which I did, um, for healing is finding an alternative to self-harm mm. that still feel, fulfills the need that doesn't hurt anyone. So, like, if you are like, oh my gosh, I need to do something that is going to fulfill, like, this feeling I need or something like that, or, like, I want to mm-hmm. feel something, I think, like, if you draw on, like, a notebook, or, like, even mm-hmm. if you just, like, scribble in a notebook, mm-hmm. like, if you have to do something that is, like, out, like, quote-unquote outlandish, if, like, that's what mm-hmm. you need, like, scribbling a notebook or, like, something like that, or finding a healthy distraction, like Emma said, mm-hmm. like, it's not embarrassing if you get attached to, like, a TV show or something, mm-hmm. or it's not embarrassed if you have, like, an emotional support stuffed animal or a blanket or something like that like if that's what if that's what you need to help heal you then there is no shame like you like there there shouldn't be anything like you should be nervous about like having something like that which I know I struggle with like I feel embarrassed I I like cartoons I like childish things but they do help me personally and they help me mentally um and of course of course just reading your bible even if you don't even know where to start? You have the internet, so look up like. Sorry, that, that just I'm just tracing my stickers oh. on my laptop. Um, just like look up where to start reading in the Bible if you, ah. like if you really don't know. But um, yeah, like again, finding people, staying yeah. healthy and active, doing everything to heal yourself because when you're depressed, you lose yourself, and with that, you lose Jesus because Jesus is in you. So if you're losing yourself, you're losing Jesus. So as long as you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your brain, you're taking care of your heart, then the relationship with Jesus is just going to be stronger. Mm. I think another thing with the whole self-harm thing, um, a lot of time, like, I would just need a distraction with my hands. Because, you know, I I went to counseling because of the whole, like, cutting thing that I struggled with. And so one of the things that she suggested I do is even, like, just, like, slapping a hairband against my wrist. Or glue. Like, or glue. glue on your hand, you rip it off. Something like that to just fulfill the need to feel something. Or I would go and play piano. Or I would do something particularly with my hands because that was what, like, I struggled with when it came to self-harm. Um, and so, like, playing with sand or playing with, like, one of the, like, the fidget spinner, fidget cubes, like... Doing something with your hands, if that's, like, one big issue for you, I yeah. feel like, like, I just, flapping hair ties or um, constantly wearing twisting bracelets away, or yeah. twisting something, like, just playing with your hands is always really um, good, and so, yeah, that's, I think that's all, like, on the topic. Um, I'm very excited for the next few weeks. 
we're gonna have a really great next few weeks with the, with the podcast and I think that it's gonna be a really good um, series that we're gonna go through um, I want to extend just like our services to you guys if you guys need anything um, if you guys have questions or you want us to talk about a certain topic or you need more clarity on something that we've said feel free to reach out um, to the caffeinated Christians Instagram is at caffeinated Christians podcast on Instagram um, we're pretty quick to respond so just let us know um and we love you guys also if you are really struggling and you need help call the suicide hotline Mm -hmm. tell somebody don't dwell in it don't sit on it call somebody um call me we love you we love you (laughs) (laughs) and with all that being said i'm emma i'm holly i'm gracie and we'll catch you on the flippity flop -flop. (laughs) I did so good.